Good morning and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten speaking to you from Ottawa, Canada. Each week, the weekly Torah portion, one of the 54 sections of the Torah that is read in synagogues uh, throughout the world, is examined on our show. This week, the Torah portion is known in Hebrew as Shemot. It is the first portion in the second book of the Torah, the five books of Moses, which is also known as Shemot. The name of the book and the name of the parasha comes from one of the first significant Hebrew words in the first verse, Ela Shemot. It means names. And this week's Torah portion begins with Exodus 1 and continues through the beginning of Exodus 6. Let me give you, let me offer you a synopsis of the portion before I introduce our Darshan, our commentator who will share with us this morning some interesting insights on the Torah portion. The children of Israel multiply in Egypt and threatened by their growing numbers the Pharaoh, who we are told knew not Joseph, enslaves them and orders the Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Pua, to kill all male babies at birth. When they do not comply, he commands his people to cast the Hebrew babies into the Nile. The narrative, which may be well known to most of you, continues. A, jo- a child is born to a woman called Yochebed the daughter of Levi, and her husband Amram, and placed in a basket on the Nile, while the baby's sister Miriam stands watch from afar. Pharaoh's daughter, who we don't necessarily learn the name of at this point, discovers the baby, raises him as her son, and names him with an Egyptian name, Moses. As a young man, Moses leaves the palace and discovers the hardship of his brethren. He sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew and kills the Egyptian. The next day, he sees two Jews fighting. When he admonishes them, they reveal the deed of the previous day, and Moshe uh, is forced to flee to Midian. There, he rescues Jethro the Midian priest daughters and marries one of them, Zipporah, and becomes a shepherd of his father-in-law's flocks. This Torah portion then takes a significant turn from just a historical narrative. Adonai appears to Moses in a burning bush at the Mount Sinai and instructs him to go to Pharaoh and demand, let my people go so that they may serve me. Moses' brother is appointed to serve as a spokesperson. In Egypt, Moses and Aaron assembly assemble the elders of Israel to tell them that the time of their redemption is at hand. The people believe, but Pharaoh refuses to let them go and even intensifies the suffering of Israel. Moses returns to Adonai to protest. Why have you done evil to this people? 
God promises that the redemption is close at hand. For those of you who have a passing knowledge of the story, or who have perhaps uh, witnessed and um, seen um, the variety of movies that are made of this story, you'll hear, as I've described it, the various turns in the story from what simply appears to be the story of enslavement to the story of redemption. With me this morning to unpack this interesting Torah portion is Rabbi Mendel Bloom, the founder and rabbi of the Ottawa Torah Center in Ottawa, Canada. Rabbi Bloom, welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. This is a um, Torah portion. The basic outlines of the story are well known by many of our listeners. And um, so I want to begin with a more challenging question than perhaps we usually do. In Genesis 12, um, after the Torah introducing introduces us to the primordial history of the world, in Genesis 12, we're introduced to the first patriarch, Avram. And we don't have a lot of backstory about Avram in the text. And of course, there are many questions asked by the later commentators as to why Avram is chosen. Here, in the beginning of the book of Exodus, Moses is uh, chosen to lead the people out of slavery. And I'm wondering if you can share with our listeners your understanding of why Moses is chosen. What kind of leadership does he present in the Torah, and then perhaps later the commentary uh, expand upon, that make him fit to be the person to help redeem the Jewish people? Great question. Um, so it, it's interesting when you look at the contrast between uh, Moses and Abraham, uh, whereas, as you said, Abraham, the Torah doesn't give us much background about his earlier life. Uh, when it comes to Moses, the Torah does give us a few vignettes about his life. And um, as, as, as we know, the word Torah means a teaching, a lesson. Uh, the Torah is not a historical book um, because, you know, if it is, it, it doesn't do a great job at it. It's missing a lot of parts. For example, the first 75 years of Abraham's life are, are missing. Um, but the Torah is a teaching and the Torah chooses uh, the vignettes and the episodes in some of our leaders' lives. Um, to chooses those episodes because they have something to teach us about them. And in, in our case, we're talking about leadership. Moses is the first leader of the Jewish people and redeemer. Um, there are certain vignettes that the Torah makes a point to tell us. And I'd like to uh, really elaborate those because they are in this particular Torah portion. The first one, as you, um, as you read it in, in your synopsis, is when he goes out and he sees um, an Egyptian hitting uh, a Jew, a Hebrew, a Hebrew. 
and uh, he saves the Jew from the Egyptian. That is, that is the first vignette that we are given. The Torah tells us that Moses um, discovers the hardships of his brethren and sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And he's so incensed, those are my words, not the Torah's, yeah. that he uh, kills the Egyptian. But what's left unsaid, and I'm hoping you can just fill in the gap, is how does Moses know that he's a Hebrew? So, so clearly, uh, and this is where you have to go into the Midrash. The Midrash is the um, some of the pieces of the history that are not in the biblical text. Um, Moses was definitely uh, aware of um, his his background, his story that uh, he wasn't an Egyptian uh, at birth, uh, even though he grew up in the palace and so on. And he, besides the knowledge, it's very clear from the Midrash that he had a certain sensitivity uh, for the Hebrews that were in Egypt at the time. And therefore, when he sees their plight, he's really um, pained about it. But even if we don't go there, and this is the, the, I think, the first lesson that we have to learn about the qualities of leadership, um, the fact that he's pained by somebody else's suffering and that he goes out and, and acts to alleviate the suffering, that is the first quality of, of a leader. A leader has to be one that cares for others. In fact, there is a fascinating uh, words in that episode in the Torah, the way the the verse phrases it, vaifen kovako. He turned here and there, and he saw that there was nobody around, and he kills the Egyptian to save the Jew. So literally interpreted is he wants to make sure that nobody is watching, so he's not going to get caught. But the deeper understanding of that. He turns here and there, and he sees that there is nobody standing up for the injustice. There is nobody acting and doing something in order to alleviate the suffering and stand up to what was going on in Egypt. And so he turns here, he turns there, he sees nobody, uh, there's nobody who's doing anything. Well, he takes the matter into his hands and he says, I'm going to do something, I'm going to create change. I'm going to do something which is a most important quality in, in any leader to be able to see ourselves you know, in leadership positions, wherever they may be, uh, to see ourselves that there is a role that we choose to take and to play in order to create change, in order to make the world a better place. And we see that in that story. So um, for those who aren't familiar with the text, um, these early narrative that the rabbi is speaking about, which have Moses interceding for his uh, co-religionists, or as the text calls them, his brethren, are uh, going to be followed by um, the story of Moses in Midian, 
Um, in both these stories, Moses has not um, had an interaction with the divine. Um, and it's not until the burning bush that he has this um, religious experience. Correct. I don't know if we should call it a conversion. Right. Um, and you're suggesting that even in these earliest stories, he demonstrates a sense of leadership by his um, um, moral character. Correct. And that his moral character in Egypt and then his moral character when he um, uh, meets his uh, wife, Zipporah, are somewhat juxtaposed to Abraham who uh, shortly after we meet him, he marries um, or we're introduced to his wife, Sarai. And in one of the first episodes of their married life, they go to Egypt um, to um, avoid a famine in the land of Canaan. There's a little foreshadowing there. Mm -hmm. And Abra Avram, not yet Abraham, but Avram, um, constructs a story that is not true. Um, and while in uh, political life, some would suggest um, there's no absolute truth, in um, religious life, there do, does seem to be absolute truths. Um, and we don't notice any um, change in Abraham's um, manifestation of empathy until uh, actually his name has changed. So Moses is an outlier, I guess, from the people who've preceded him. An outlier. I, I mean, I, I, I think this is a quality that Moses has, um, his morality, his sensitivity for others. You know, the, 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 second, the second story that we have in this portion which is when he goes out and he sees two Hebrews uh, in a quarrel, in a fight. And uh, he wants to, to help them as well. He wants to bring peace and he wants to break them apart, you know, break the fight about, apart, um, which is another, you know, it, it, it's another component of his uh, dedication, sensitivity uh, towards people. Um, and, and therefore when we, when we look at Moses before he has what you call a religious experience, um, Moses as a person, the Torah introduces us to Moses as a person, um, be, it, 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 the special character that he had that I believe is, is why he was chosen. And quite frankly, if you read some of the subtext in the Midrash about Abraham, um, he has the religious experience when he's 75, but that is also after a journey on his own that is not written in the text, mind you. Right. Um, uh, a journey on his own where he discovers the creator and he, he almost, he gives his life to that, to that task. So I think that, I think the first lesson is that um, leadership um, leadership uh, has to come with certain prerequisites, with certain characteristics, and the first one that we see in the in the portion is the one of dedication, of morality, 
of being to stand of being able to stand up for injustice even when you look around and nobody else is is doing uh, anything about it it's even when it's not politically correct you know you mentioned political correctness and we don't usually speak about politics on this show but it's hard not to um, consider the story of George Santos in New York um, who recently was elected to a seat in the U.S. Congress, and it was discovered that his um, biography and CV um, were lacking in truth. And here um, he's been elected to a leadership position, and uh, upon discovery of his um, stretching the truth or outright lying, um, people have called for his uh, resignation, and he's refused to do that. Mm-hmm. And there doesn't seem to be any co- consequences. Right. And we uh, juxtapose that, as you've so lovingly said, to Moses, who says that leadership has a moral obligation, a moral obligation to it, and he demonstrates that obligation in the text. Unlike Abraham, who it will take a long time before he, we see the growth of his moral character. Moses is introduced to us in these very first two stories, as you point out, as a moral character, an exemplar, a moral exemplar, um, which makes him somewhat fitting for the role to take the next step. In addition to um, the difference between Avram and Moses, Of Avram's family of origin, we know very little. We do know that his father was named Terach, but it's really, um, in the text itself, not much more than that. Correct. But in this parasha, in the first parasha of Shemot, we learn that Abraham has both a brother and a sister. And the brother and sister... Moses. Moses has it. Moses, sorry, that Moses has a brother and sister, Miriam and Aaron, who will be um, important actors in the narrative for the remaining four books of the Torah. Perhaps you can um, speak to this narrative about siblings um, in comparison, of course, um, to all of Genesis, which is filled with dysfunctional families. Right. Yeah. Great observation. But if I may, before I go to this point, I just want to yeah, just want to comment on your, your uh, Santos uh, comparison and the, uh, and the leadership. I think another, another glaring and, and so clear component of the character of Moses is that when he's asked to take the leadership position, he declines. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want to run for office. He doesn't need the office. I have a brother. I'm not such a good uh, speaker. He tries to argue with God in any way that he can because of his humility to recognize that he recognizes that, you know, he's not running for the position, which is, I think, so different than some of, you know, some some people who jump into leadership position 
and are really uh, trying to get them. So that's just a comment. You know, another another element of his character uh, that I think makes him a real fitting leader. But when you talk about siblings, you know, when you when you zoom out, and and let's begin first with the story in this week, because in this particular portion, uh, when Moses does not want to take on the leadership role because he has a speech impediment, God says, don't worry, um, Aaron will come with you. And Moses says, but you know, Aaron is older. He should be the leader. And God says, don't worry, Aaron will be happy to, to be your assistant. And so this is the, the, this is the vignette in, in this portion. So now let's zoom out. And when we look at the stories of siblings um, in the Torah, starting from the beginning of Genesis, what we're seeing is an evolution, an evolution in how human beings are able to deal with conflict. The first brothers, Cain and Abel, well, a day after they're created, uh, you know, we, we read about uh, one kills the other. There is a disagreement and one kills the other. That's how they deal with the disagreement. You continue reading the story, uh, we get to Abraham's children, Isaac and Ishmael. And you see that there is friction there, although the mothers are definitely involved in that friction. But the way that they decide to deal with the conflict is you go to a different place and I'll go to a different place and, uh, and we'll be happy. So, you know, disengagement is the way. Right. There's, there's no attempt in that uh, narrative for there to be a rapprochement between Isaac and yeah. Sarah and uh, Hagar or between Ishmael and uh, Isaac. Correct. Although for our listeners' sake, we should remind them that at the end of Abraham's life, uh, Ishmael and Isaac do come back together at their father's funeral. Right. Um, so it's not as if they never know each other again. Correct, correct. But even that rapprochement is also um, for the sake of their father, not so much in terms of their own relationship. Correct. Um, you continue reading the story, the next set of siblings is Jacob and Esau, Yaakov and Esau. And there, there is a conflict. One wants to kill the other one, uh, Jacob runs away, but the story ends up uh, where they, you know, 20, 24 years later, they could meet again, embrace, and there could be a mending of the relationship uh, to some extent, uh, although it's not full because they still decide, you go ahead to uh, sit here and I'll, you know, I'll be here and we'll meet up at some point. You continue the next story of siblings, and you have Joseph and his brothers, right? And the brothers sell Joseph. First, they want to kill him. Then they want to they put him in a pit. Then they sell him. And that story, we also see that Joseph and the brothers are able to reconnect. And in this time, there is we we evolve because we could live together for the last seventeen years of Jacob's life. 
uh, the brothers and Joseph live together in harmony in Egypt, and they are able to go past that event, you know, to to the point that Joseph says uh, it was obviously God orchestrating things so I could be here in Egypt and so on and so forth. You come to this portion that we're talking about, Moses and Aaron. Here you have siblings, and there is an older one, a senior sibling, and a younger sibling. Younger sibling who recognizes that my brother, who's my senior, really should be the leader. He should not be my assistant. But God says, don't worry, he'll be happy to be your assistant. And so here we see siblings that are in a relationship that is so close where there is no rivalry. In fact, the older sibling is so excited that the younger one is the leader and is happy to be the assistant. So when I zoom out and look at the sibling's relationship starting from Genesis coming to the first uh, siblings that we read in Exodus, we see a we see a progression. We see how humanity evolves when we are able to deal with with our conflict. Um, it doesn't have to end up in murder. It doesn't have to end up in disengagement and separation. It doesn't only end up in reconciliation, but it could be it could end up in working together and being happy about each other's success uh, with no jealousy whatsoever. The story of Moses and Miriam and um, Aaron will go through many iterations. Right. Uh, Miriam will be uh, identified as a prophetess at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron will uh, and his descendants will claim the title of the priesthood. Um, and Moses, of course will have all of these interesting um, interactions with the divine, uh, face-to-face in a sense, as the text tells us. Yep. Um, is this the result of the moral character that you so uh, wonderfully discussed earlier in our show, that that moral character is the um, doorway to intimate uh, contact and knowledge of God. Uh, yes, yes, it's definitely a result of the character. But uh, you know, in terms of you know uh, Aaron and Miriam uh, and their interaction with Moses, which also had it had its time, you know, with Miriam. There's a there's a one episode as well. However. I think that humanity evolves as we go through the story where humanity learns how to deal with with our differences and and you know and and not let the feelings of jealousy uh take over a person uh to to uh, to a point of killing a sibling. My guest this morning has been Rabbi Mendel Bloom of the Ottawa Torah Center who has helped us dig beneath the well-known stories and episodes of Exodus 1. I want to thank him for joining with me this morning. You can hear our show broadcast on CHRI 
99.1 FM or as a podcast on the CHRI website or on uh, iTunes or on YouTube. For Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts, I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten, thanking you for joining with us and wishing you shalom and a good day. Thank you.